Good morning, St. Peter's. Um, it's a pleasure to be with you today. I, uh, I want to, as we begin our time together, I want to just uh, uh, take a second to read a little bit of uh, a, a continuity of Romans 8, um, because it continues in this really beautiful way that I think links together with our Old Testament reading, the story of Jacob's ladder. Um, and so I'm just going to read verses, uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 25 really quickly. It reads, we know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Now, the reason I read this is because uh, this morning I hope to be talking to you all about the invisible work that God is doing. And, uh, and I feel like this, this language about pregnancy really links to the story of Jacob beautifully. And so mentioning pregnancy, I've just become increasingly convinced of something over the last couple of years. And what I've become convinced of is that upon seeing a pregnant woman, our entire world can become immediately categorized into two groups of people. Uh, the first is those who have a seemingly irresistible urge to approach the expectant mother and start touching her belly. And the second group of people uh, are those who have no such desire. And I hope this comes as a surprise to none of you, um, but I am not a belly toucher. I just did, uh, yeah. I didn't grow up uh, encountering a lot of pregnant women. I'm the youngest child, so I never got to like run up and touch mom's tummy. Um, and until recently, I never knew a pregnant woman well enough to feel anywhere near comfortable enough just like placing a little hand on her belly. And so for the vast majority of my life, when I've seen a pregnant woman, the extent of my experience has been from a distance, seeing a belly that gets bigger and bigger until eventually a baby shows up. Um, this was my experience, like I said, for pretty much my whole life until last year when my sister was pregnant with the first baby of a new generation in my family. And so at this time last year, mid to late July, we'll say mid July, my sister was eight months pregnant and she was very antsy for her daughter to be born. Yes, she wanted her feet to stop swelling and she wanted to stop from going to the bathroom every 20 minutes, but much more importantly, she and my brother-in-law wanted to look their baby in the face and see that she looked like them. They wanted to nurture and play with and hold their abundantly loved daughter. They wanted to celebrate as my niece came into this world and opened her eyes to it for the first time. And so last July, they were only a few weeks in a grueling 24-hour labor away from all of that. They had been on a months-long journey that was physically, emotionally, and spiritually grueling as it was miraculous. And they live out of town, so from a distance, what I saw was a series of Instagram posts where my sister's belly got bigger and bigger. Um, effectively, what I saw was a beach ball stuffed into maternity pants. That is, until my sister and her husband came to town to visit. And I remember we were sitting around catching up, and all of a sudden, my sister grabs my hand and places it on her belly to feel as my niece kicked aggressively up towards my sister's ribs. And all in a moment, I had this completely new appreciation of the process by which new life is made. I felt 
with my own hand the invisible work going on beneath the surface. The scales had fallen off my eyes and my heart was filled with wonder. So in our epistle reading today, Paul parallels the experience of a pregnant mother to the groaning and eager anticipation of the new life that the Holy Spirit is working out in Jesus's followers. And our Old Testament passage, the story of Jacob's ladder, also highlights the beauty and the wonder of the unseen work that God is doing in our world. In the paraphrased version of the Bible called The Message, the verses I just read, Romans 8, 22 through 25, is presented in the following way. It reads, all around us we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We are also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance, and that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. Now, I love this paraphrase. And I, I work with youth, and so I'm reminded of a conversation that I had with a high school senior this winter in which he told me, this might sound weird, but I feel like I'm in this pregnant stage of life. I feel like I'm on the cusp of something, and I just feel an urge to be on the lookout for what it is. Now, working with youth, again, I can tell you it's not every day that a 17-year-old boy describes his emotional status as pregnant. Um, but if he can identify with that experience, I imagine many of us can as well. I think we all have a sense that this world is made for more than what we currently see. We know that presently our world is groaning under the strain of a global pandemic and the lamenting of deep historical racial injustices. Our world is yearning for completion as a mother yearns for the culmination of her pregnancy. I believe firmly that all of creation wants to see its promised end that we want to open our eyes for the first time to the completed vision of the book of Revelation, when Jesus' full and promised kingdom will be established for people of every tribe, tongue, and nation. We want to know the ways that we reflect the image of our Father in heaven, and we want to be nurtured, celebrated, and loved. But in the meantime, we lament. We groan as we look hopefully to the future that has been promised that Jesus says is coming, but that we don't yet fully see. Now, Mark Charles is a Navajo man and former pastor, and with a man named Sung Chan Ra, who's a Korean-American professor of theology, uh, the two of them have recently released a book called Unsettling Truths, in which they decry the heresy of white supremacy in American and church history. And in this book, they call for racial conciliation, as opposed to the more familiar term, which is racial reconciliation. They point out that racial and ethnic harmony have never been lived realities in our country. And they claim that the first step towards racial conciliation, the first step in bringing the new life of racial harmony into our world is telling the truth. They write this, 
Lament emerges from the confrontational nature of truth and our honest response to that truth. Now, St. Peter's family, I feel as though we have been in a season of lament these last months. And I'm deeply thankful for the ways that our community is seeing and acknowledging the truth of the multifaceted crises our world is facing. In our honest cries to God that the world is not yet as it should be, I see the cries of faith and the beautiful and eager anticipation of a world that we don't yet see, a world that is free from disease and isolation, from inequality and oppression. In our listen groups, St. Peter's, I see where, where people are sharing their stories, their experience of race. I see a community, a community that is committed to telling and receiving hard truths. I see a church that is hungry and searching for God's redeeming work here and now, continuing into eternity. I see a church that is unafraid to be broken by the truth of our world because it believes in the promise of Christ's resurrection from the dead. I see a church that believes new and good life is a sure thing for us and for our world because Christ has won out over sin and darkness. And so lament is a hard but necessary place to be. Truth-telling can be ugly, but a wise man once wrote, the true spiritual life is not an escape from reality, but an absolute commitment to it. I'm grateful that God is only concerned with truth, that he is concerned with bringing new life and resurrection through the finished work of Jesus into our broken world as it really is now and as it really will be. And this brings me to our Old Testament reading from today, which is the famed story of Jacob's Ladder. And in this story, God reveals to Jacob the true nature of the world. I think there's something important in this story for us, and it's the same message that Paul communicates in Romans 8. It's that message that God is doing more in our world than we often see. And so the story of Jacob, I've spent a lot more time meditating on it than I have in the past. And uh, it begins as Jacob, right after Jacob has stolen his brother's inheritance and God's blessing to his brother, which was passed down from their grandfather, Abraham. And so Jacob has stolen these things from his brother, and he doesn't seem to have any idea of the value of the promise he has claimed for himself. His older brother, very understandably, I think, is enraged. He chases him away from home, cursing him, calling for his head on a platter, and Jacob flees. And it's easy to imagine Jacob, as he's, as he's fleeing, regretting just about everything, standing on the bitter edge of despair and lament, asking himself, why did I do that? What value is this promise that I've taken for myself? And with a rock as his pillow, literally all that he has left is the promise God made to his grandfather Abraham, the promise that is now his, the promise that all the families in the earth shall be blessed in him and his offspring, and the promise that God would not leave Jacob. And we, church, know these promises to have been fulfilled in Jesus's life and death and resurrection and in the ever-present Holy Spirit. The story of Jacob's ladder, which we've so often heard, is not about Jacob climbing his way into God's presence, 
It's about God reaffirming his faithfulness to a promise. And it is in his faithfulness that God reveals to Jacob that he's doing more work in the world than Jacob ever knew. And I love this story because the, the dream that Jacob has shows that, yes, God is at work in the world, but Jacob also sees that God's work is beautiful and it is good. Jacob sees the kingdom of heaven flowing seamlessly into our world. I love verse 12 from Genesis 28, which says the angels of God were ascending and descending on the ladder. I confess the last like week and a half was the first time I noticed angels descending as well. And Jacob's response is humility. He says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. I had no idea. And his humility turns to wonder when he says, how awesome is this place? How awesome is this world that God has made and filled with his presence? And finally, Jacob's heart is turned to worship as he commemorates and consecrates the holy ground he didn't know he was standing on. So St. Peter's family, as I come to a close, rather than charge us all with a single call, I want to ask, how is God's word speaking to you today? Is God calling you to lean into this practice of lament, to enlarge your soul through telling and receiving the truth of our broken world? Like I said earlier, I think we are beginning to do this together as a church community. And because of that, you may feel that you've been in the midst of a season of lament. And so, like Jacob, I want to ask you, uh, is God calling you to be wary of despair? In Jacob's story, we see that humility is the antidote to despair. Now, some of you know that I have a very special affinity for Gandalf the Wizard from Lord of the Rings, and I want to be cautious because I think we're one Lord of the Rings reference away from being permanently stamped as the Tolkien Church. Um, but Gandalf has a great quote about despair that connects with Jacob's story. He actually shared it with our congregation not too long ago. And he says, despair is only for those who see the end beyond all doubt. We do not. St. Peter's, we do not see all ends. Only God does. And he does not despair. What we do see is God's revelation to Jacob and in the gift of scripture, his revelation to us. In Christ's resurrection, we've seen God's proven ability to achieve the impossible, to bring new life from death. We, like Jacob, have been given a promise that through Jesus' finish, finished work, the story of creation culminates in new, beautiful, and good life. And in the presence of the Holy Spirit, God is always with us, working within us in our community, even when we don't see how. The Lord is in this place and these people, and I had no idea. So God humbled Jacob and his humility overcame his despair. So is God calling you to have Jacob's humility, to seek out the beautiful and good work God is doing that has gone un previously unseen? Now maybe in this season you feel you already feel very humbled. Maybe you feel called to adopt Jacob's sense of wonder at the new and beautiful works you see God doing. Quoting again from Mark Charles and Sung Chan Ra, the power of theology is the power to expand our imagination. 
So theology offers the possibility of a prophetic imagination that can transform the individual and the society. In the story of Jacob, we see that it is the revelation of God, the foundation of our theology, that expands his imagination. In what ways might God's unseen work hope to expand ours? And if you are seeing the work that God is doing in the world, like Jacob, are you able to proclaim, I had no idea how awesome, how awesome. Have you seen God working in his people to bring the gifts of new and good life, the gifts of justice, equity, and conciliation into this world for the first time? And this morning, this week, this month, this whole season, is God calling you to consecrate the holy moments and the sacred spaces that you didn't know you were living in? Amen.